Here at the Practice Squad, we obviously love sports. And when it's time for us to work out, we want to emulate the athletes we talk about each week. And in Utah, there's only one place we can train like an athlete. At the Training Room, located at 710 South, Utah Valley Drive, American Fork, Utah, 84003. Here they offer on-site sports medicines for all members, which includes deep tissue massage, physical therapy, chiropractic adjustments, and injury prevention training. Lord knows we need that. Beyond the standard memberships, they offer personal and group training classes like their own unique hype training. Other classes include Muay Thai boxing, pre- and postnatal yoga, and for younger athletes, they offer sports-specific strength and conditioning training for individuals and teams. Head over, tell them the practice squad sent you. Peace. Hello, welcome back everybody to the practice squad. As usual, I'm your host, Joe Well, accompanied by Jeff Warburton. Say hey, Jeff. Howdy, everybody. And what was this Sunday? Oh, yeah, the Super Bowl, in case you missed it. Uh, I was right. Jeff was right. Easy was wrong. Um, based on every other game that I picked this year, I was wrong, so I'm pretty happy that I picked this one right. Feels good to be on the winning side. Doesn't it, Patty? That sure does, baby. We went out there, you know, threw the ball around, threw it to the other team, which I didn't like. Threw it to my team. That was fun. Um... I let the other team get the lead because that's kind of that's what I do. I like that. I like to I like to trick and then you can come back. You know what I can do? I'm mad and I do that in real, I reality. You doing the Patrick Mahomes voice Can't and take. talking about letting them get back into the game makes me think of them planning out how he was going to win the game from the beginning in the locker room, just talking to himself with a little little clipboard, just all by himself, kind of planning this heroic victory. Honestly, I mean. What he did in those last seven minutes of the game were just unreal. And uh, Patrick Mahomes proved to me that he is the best quarterback in the league right now. Yeah, I, I like me too. Um, I think, like, honestly, the whole Patrick Mahomes loves catch-up thing makes sense because he seems to enjoy playing catch-up in the actual games too. Get it? That's a pun. Whoa. Yeah, joke. But I'm just one. One thing I do want to make off of that: there was not a single catch-up commercial in the entire Super Bowl. Um, is there frequently a Super Bowl commercial for ketchup? I wouldn't have been surprised if there was one, just because of how popular Patrick Mahomes is. I don't know. I think he would have appreciated it. I think like Super Bowl commercials cost like four million dollars for thirty seconds. So and Heinz that's should, a lot for ketchup. Heinz should have definitely invested we talked about this heinz owns the steelers they don't sponsor patrick because patrick drinks hunts remember patrick you do love to drink that special hunts ketchup but mm-hmm. i'm just so happy i think this was, this was the first sporting event i've seen in over a year where there was not an all-state commercial i love that i don't remember seeing one personally my favorite ones were the tied ones with uh what's his name from Always sunny in Philadelphia. I'm just going to go ahead and say you're wrong. Because those weren't funny. I like those a lot. No. That's Jeff's sense of humor, though. That, that is me to a T. Well, <laughs> a game did occur. Uh, I feel like maybe we should talk about that. Uh, Patrick Mahomes was the MVP, uh, despite throwing two interceptions. But, I mean, of uh, course he was the MVP. He was the quarterback of the winning team. That is how it works. Very ugly interceptions, to Joe's point. But he did make it happen when it had to happen. Do you agree with him being named as the MVP? Um, yes, because here's the thing with the Chiefs. Everybody knows that they're a throw-first team. 
So Patrick Mahomes playing the best defense in the NFL, still through for over 300 yards, and I think nearly half of that with two touchdowns coming in the fourth quarter. That that right there is enough for me to say yes, you're an MVP. Yeah, I agree with that as well. One thing that I found very impressive was just when it mattered most, he made the plays necessary to win the game. Because in the beginning, he had some terrible passes. One, the Fred Warner interception might have been Fred Warner's easiest interception in his entire career. And then he had the bad pass to Tyree Kill, which was a little behind him. I mean, professionals can catch the ball still, but it was a bad pass. Yeah, the but, ball was literally off Tyree Kill's hands to... Who made the interception for San Francisco? I missed that. It was the safety. I can get it here. Maybe give me just a few minutes, but that's not necessarily the point. The point is, is with Patrick Holmes coming into that fourth quarter with about seven minutes left, hitting Tyree Kill on that third and 15 pass, super gutsy, but he just started to make plays when it mattered most, in my opinion, and that's why I would still give him the MVP, even though it must might have not been his best game ever. No, honestly, like, because Patrick Mahomes' career as a starter has been so insane, that's actually one of the worst games he's played. Oh, yeah. Like, statistically, performance-wise, that's one of his worst games, and it ends up being a Super Bowl ring. He only had a QBR of 78.1. Which, I mean, Ryan Tannehill's looking at that like, oh, man. <laughs> Andy Dolan's just, just hoping he would have a game that good. I was, I was trying to dive into what an Andy Dalton impression could be, but I can't think of anything other than I want to win. Just like monotone Andy Dalton with the red hair. What does a redhead sound like, Joe? Should we like make Andy Dalton Scottish? Oh, Lord. God, I just want to play for a good team. What? Why? Is Cincinnati's he... just horrible. The chili's awful. I don't know why everybody talks about the chili. It's not good. It's orange. Can you have him also petting his pet... A uh, horny toad? No. Oh. I don't like TCU. Um, personal <laughs> reasons. Um, mainly that they beat Utah a lot. Um, let's see here. Uh, going on, though, um, how'd you feel about uh, some of the criticisms that Kyle Shanahan's getting for the fourth quarter? You know, I actually agree with a lot of those criticisms out there. A ton of people have been hammering him for not being a capable coach in the postseason and making coaching decisions when they matter most he's been called a great offensive mind but deep down he hasn't been able to show them that he's the best coach in the league uh one thing i wanted to talk about specifically is his post-game interviews um he was talking a lot about his mentality throughout the game and a comment that he made uh he said it felt real good at 10 to 10 a half time so it was 10 to 10 and a half, and he says, it felt really good. Which is funny because earlier in the week, when uh, also doing some interviews, this is a tweet that Warren Sharp made. He said, I know a 25-point lead in the fourth quarter isn't enough. I think that's the stuff that helps, you know, sometimes people tend to relax a little bit in games like this. These are, these are comments Kyle Shanahan made. So to me, it's super funny that he's completely okay with being tied at halftime with the Chiefs who have the best offense in the league. But then comes back to say, you know. I'm sorry, I'm going to interrupt there. Did I hear the quote, people tend to relax in these games? Because no, no they don't. 
nobody relaxes in the Super Bowl. What are you talking about? Maybe that's why you lost everyone you've been in. What? What? That's what I'm saying. I mean, the 49ers offense in the fourth quarter, if he's such a great offensive mind, and you in the fourth quarter are trying to win the Super Bowl, how do you only gain 49 yards a total offense in a quarter, having gone with 17 plays? They completely shut down the running game. They only ran the ball 22 times in the entire game. It's just Which was not the San Francisco game plan at all. Not at all. Not at all. So, to me, I do believe Kyle Shanahan is, you know, a great coach. But in this game, I agree. Like, he made some terrible decisions with time management, play calling, not really trusting his players. It seemed like they were playing as safe the entire game and just hoping the Chiefs wouldn't make plays to beat them. I don't know about that because I saw some aggressive play calling. Um, There's one that's getting a lot of heat, and that is uh, third and ten. Uh, after the Chiefs have taken the lead, trailing 24 to 20, um, on third down to 10, it's obviously four down situation, you know. So it's like you can do slant over the middle, you can try and do a draw play. You got to get something to get some yards to make that fourth down easier, um, or you can try and do something to get the first down. But they chose to dial up super aggressive play, and Emmanuel Sanders ran the route perfectly. He had everybody beat, and then the unfortunate side was you're you're putting a 45-yard game-winning pass on Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jimmy hasn't had to throw the ball to win the games, like I said in the previous episode, last week's episode, um, and he smoked it by nine yards. He overthrew Emmanuel Sanders by an end zone. I mean, that's if you're putting your quarter, you gotta, you got to put your athletes in a position where they can actually succeed. It's not just a playbook. It's not Madden. You have to put them in a position where they can do what they need to do to win. I just want to say that Joe, I, I agree with you on that Jimmy Garoppolo to make a deep play. I keep, I keep wanting to say plas with Jimmy Garoppolo. There can is you explain no that to L me? in the word plas. No, there is a word. There, there is, is an L in the word plas. Hey, but there is the w- letter L in the word love and that's why we love you. Try saying throw. Throw. Continue. Okay. Garoppolo throw. Yeah, Garoppa throw. He Garoppa overthrew him, and that throw had big Jared Goff energy from last year's Super Bowl when he overthrew Brandon Cooks. Jimmy Garoppolo might be a player similar to, in the vein of Jared Goff, where you know he can be good, he can be really good, but he, he can, can also su- lose you the game. He can be super good if you have enough talent and a playbook stacked around him. So, I actually, going off of what you said, Joe, I think the 49ers are doing a great job of putting athletes in the right place at the right time with Debo Samuel running those reverse plays around the other end. He was getting about 17 yards per carry on that, and it just kind of faded away from it. I don't know if the Chiefs were defending it better throughout the game, but to me it just seemed like they tried it a few times in the first half and then completely faded away from it into the second half. I don't know if you saw similarly for me, but that's what I saw. Um, I mean, they did get, well, it's kind of, it's kind of similar to what I saw from uh, Clemson in the national championship when they briefly had the lead over LSU. Once they got the lead, their plan seemed to be keep it. And that's kind of what I saw from the 49ers. Their play call was much more aggressive until they got the lead. And then once they got the lead, they took their foot off the gas. Um, One more play I do want to talk about, though, in this game. Uh, and I think this one could have been a huge momentum change, and I actually thought it was the right call at the time. Uh, 
the George Kittle push off. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. At the end of the first half, because if he makes that catch, at that catch stands. I mean, because he made the catch, but if the catch stands, they're in field goal territory. So they would have gone at halftime with a thirteen ten lead. Um, because of that, it's push off. They kneel it out. Go to halftime. Um, I want you to think back to that play. Do you flag that? I would have not flagged that. I feel like the push off was very small, and I believe in a game like football, there's going to be contact. And the push off to me, just watching the videos of it and seeing the replays of it, it did not seem like an egregious push off at all. In fact, it was all my one of my favorite guys for the Chiefs, uh, Dirty Dan, as Andy Reid called him, but Daniel Swartzen. Uh, got burned by Kittle absolutely burned by Kittle in fact he's lucky Kittle even had his hands on him because if it wasn't for that Kittle would have obviously made that catch and then like you said Joe they would have at least gotten a field goal out of it almost guaranteed I mean Robbie Gould's hitting everything this postseason I think he was I think he hit 17 consecutive field goals yeah up until obviously the end of this game let's see uh next up let's go ahead and talk about uh Andy Reid and what this means for him because I've heard a lot of people saying well now he's a Hall of Famer I'm going to go out on a limb and assume because you're such a fan of his that you already had him as one before uh, for me I'm kind of with everybody else I didn't I looked at his career and it's like yeah you got to win a championship to be in the Hall of Fame you've you've thrown away too many opportunities you got to get one ring to make it now he's got his ring I think he makes it um, what say you Jeff I would agree. Obviously, I'm fairly biased towards Andy Reid just because of where he came from playing at BYU and his relationship with the church and everything. But this honestly solidifies his Hall of Fame, you know, ballot, in my opinion. Before, it was always that conversation of would he make it or would he not. I would have loved to have seen him go in, but he would have always had that dark shadow behind him, which is you would have never won a Super Bowl as a head coach. You were never capable of making those decisions when the game needed it most. And now he can. So to actually disagree with the comment, I actually would have not put him in the Hall of Fame, even though I love him so much. Just because there's guys out there like Belichick who have proven that they're Hall of Fame coaches. I'm going to be the contrarian here like I usually am. I would have put Andy Reid in the Hall of Fame before the Super Bowl this year. And here's why. He's led an offensive innovation across the entire league in multiple generations of players. He's led. He's been a huge influence in bringing, uh, bringing college influence or college-style offensive to the National Football League. He's been one of the most consistently, consistently winning coaches ever. He has 202 regular season wins. That was his 222nd win as an NFL head coach in the Super Bowl. I think Andy Reid is one of the smartest guys to coach. I think he's one of the kindest guys to coach. And I think he deserves to be in Canton with or without a Super Bowl. However, this this is icing on the cake. And since he has Patrick Mahomes where he's at right now and he has his health, I, I think that Andy Reid could win more Super Bowls coming up. Because if you have Patrick Mahomes, I mean, that's the, the biggest indicator of whether or not you're going to win the Super Bowl in this league is if you have the best quarterback. No, I actually want to go off of that. I was talking to some of my friends, and one of my friends said, oh, Andy Reid finally won a Super Bowl. He can now retire. And I'm sitting there like that's one of the craziest ideas. He has Patrick Mahomes, this 
once in a generational talent. And he has a great team around him, athletes that can score for him. They they have a good defense. Obviously, his health is fine. He's eating plenty of cheeseburgers. I mean, okay. I'm just saying he doesn't need to retire for his health. I'm just saying 375 pounds usually ain't healthy. Hey, but those burgers, man, they're, they're worth it. What is Andy Reid's order at Steak and Shake, at his, his home Steak and Shake, Joe? Uh, let's see. So we get three patty melts. We get three patty melts. We get an M&M shake. We get a large order of cheese fries. And then for dessert, we have two more patty melts, a chicken sandwich, and a Snickers shake. Can I just say, as you were saying this order, uh, I just imagine the waiter or the cashier, whoever was the person just trembling or shaking, just seeing Andy Reid walk into the store, just knowing the order that's going to be placed. It's like one of those ones with the... Or the chef's in the back. He just cracks his knuckles like, here we go. <laughs> All right. Um, I want to talk about the other coach in the game, though. Uh, we were talking about him a little bit. But the weirdest thing that I've heard about the Super Bowl is the 49ers had an after party. Like, I mean, I guess maybe they already had it scheduled. But you'd think there would be a contingency plan to cancel it upon losing. But nope, they still had it. Uh, Little Wayne was there. DaBaby was there. Shanahan had a weird moment where he talked to Little Wayne and said, I named my son Carter after you. Like, all of this, all of this, like, just hours after losing the Super Bowl is just so bizarre to me. Would you, so here's my question to you two. You've just lost the biggest game of your life. Biggest football game you've ever been a part of, ever. You want to go hang out with Little Wayne as a baby? I'm going to specifically say no because... Why not, buddy? Well, I just want to chill, you know, just just doing my thing all by myself. Voices are my thing. I know. I just wanted to give it a shot. No. But I know. I know. I tried. Back to what I was saying. I feel like this party had the vibe of a, a middle school dance where you're trying to gain the confidence to go into the dance circle, but everybody's just sitting on the outside kind of sad. That's what I would have been doing. That's the vibe I get from hearing this story. And then there's just little Wayne and the baby in the middle just going completely nuts with Kyle Shanahan and everybody's just kind of confused. That's I would not participate. You know what? I would go and I would bring lollipops for everybody and I would have a just I would just lose my mind. Because here's here's why. Yeah, I lost the Super Bowl. You know what? I'm gonna party like there's no tomorrow. Because for me and my job security there might not be tomorrow. I'm not going to reschedule Little Wayne and the baby in my life again. Let's go and hang out with them. It's Miami. It's a Super Bowl. We made it at least. I mean, sure, you lost terribly. But, consolation prize, a night with Wheezy. I mean, uh, it's pretty dope, though, you know what I'm saying? I mean, what are you talking about when you're coming down the glum and you're hanging with Wheezy? Let me tell you one thing, though, when you're coming down the glum. If That's I, hurting my voice. If I was to ask for Little Wayne's signature, would he just to start to sign my face so I could have face tattoos like he does? I think um, if you were to ask for his signature, he would have to have you, like, assaulted by his security guards. And the reason I say that is I don't know if Lil Wayne can, like, write. Oh, I see what you're saying. I'm not saying he's illiterate because he did prove that he can read on the mean tweets thing on Jimmy Kimmel. But I'm not sure if he can write. He's just drawn circles on your forehead. Just bigger and bigger and bigger. And the baby's just watching. 
Yeah, I know literally nothing about the baby. Oh, his name neither baby. Neither do um, I. No, not not a single clue. I've never listened to any of the baby songs. I know he's somewhat popular. I don't. I mean, I just whenever I see his name, I'm like, what was the what was the process? Like, what what didn't get chosen? I mean, if it makes you guys feel any better as an audience, I know Bad Bunny better than Sandwich. the baby, and Bad Bunny completely speaks a different language. To be fair, I know Spanish, but Bad Bunny is not that popular for a person within the United States unless you know Spanish. In case you're listening and you don't know who Bad Bunny is, he was at the halftime show dressed as the Tin Man. It still makes me really sad that it wasn't Pitbull. Like, deep down, I wanted that to happen so bad. Uh, well, there's always next year for Mr. Worldwide. All right, we're going to go to commercial now, everybody. Hello, squad. This is Easy e coming at you to say that if you've ever had a desire to kick ass, then head on over to Draper Kenpo. Black Belt Master Gator Conley will teach you how to chomp on the competition. At Draper Kenpo, a student learns self-respect, discipline, agility, and most importantly, how to kick that ass. Call or text for information at 801-810-5772. That number again is 801-810-5772. Now, karate chop your way to Draper Kenpo at 720 East and 10,600 South in Sandy. Hiya! Squad out. Welcome back, everybody. And uh, we've got uh, some breaking news for you from the MLB. Easy, you want to take it from here? Yeah, so World Series MVP Mookie Betts and David Price have been traded to the Dodgers. And that is freaking crazy to me because Mookie Betts is one of the best young players in the league. This is, how, how would I say this? So, like, for basketball metaphors, this is if Luka Doncic had gone to the finals one MVP finals MVP and then got traded two seasons later that that's kind of what this is like and then David Price he's one he's he's one of the heroes from that World Series run the Red Sox had a couple years ago so I I, this is crazy to me because they're trading them both to the Dodgers who they beat in the World Series two years ago so for me, as a Washington Nationals fan looking for a repeat, and I know that's kind of a pipe dream, but that just makes me really even more terrified of the Dodgers because they just had one of the best regular season teams ever last year, and they just got Mookie Betts and David Price, who are two incredible players. Uh, David Price is kind of a bad locker room guy, and he plays Fortnite all the time, but uh, th- this is a league-altering trade. What? What do you think the motivation is on the Red Sox? So just, are, they, are they clearing house to set up for a tank? What's going on here? So why the Red Sox, like I said with David Price, I mean, he's really expensive, and as I said, he's kind of a bad locker room guy. The whole thing with Mookie Betts, though, is just bizarre to me because he was on his rookie contract, and he wants to get paid. He wants to get paid a lot of money, which he deserves because, as I said, he's incredibly talented. The thing is, though, the Red Sox have shelled out money, like I said, for, for Chris Sale and for J.D. Martinez, and then they have other players like Andrew Benatende uh, coming up that need to be renewed. So they're trying to save money, which is ridiculous because in baseball there is no salary cap, and when you have talent like this, the smartest thing to do is pay for it because the drop-off between a player like Mookie Betts and an average, league average player in his position is immense. It, it to me 
this is one of the stupidest things that the Red Sox could have possibly done. I mean, why? What are we doing, man? We're just trying to wear. You know what? It's like the curse has come back, man. I don't. Uh, I'm gonna go drink some Sam Adams. Yep, that's an accurate depiction of a Boston Red Sox fan. Honestly, no, it's much louder and angrier than that. Ah! Like you know, on that level, it's like a screech. Pretty much, it's like a Boston screeches in Bostonian would be the subtitle on that. Yeah, screech in Bostonian. I like that subtitle. It's a good subtitle. Um. So with that, uh, that's all I got on that. Well, I mean, certainly is rough for uh, Red Sox fans. Um, City of Boston, y'all have won so many titles. Again, hard to feel bad for you. Uh, Moving on, though, this year the streak is over as far as the Jazz go for not having a player in the All-Star game because we got two. Excited. Last time we had a player in the All-Star game representing us was Gordon Hayward, a.k.a. Benedict Howard. No. Hayward. Benedict Hayward. You know, That's a joke on Benedict Arnold, the traitor <laughs> from the Civil War, or not the Civil War, Revolutionary War. It's going good. I, I, do, I was good in school. Did, um, you, did you know that Mitchell and Gobert are only the 13th and 14th player to be the All-Stars for the Jazz? I'm honestly surprised it's that many. Yeah, did you want to hear the list of some of the guys on the... I don't, I don't, even, know, I I don't do. even know who some of these guys are. Do you know who Ricky Green is? No. No, actually, I do not. Do you know... He's really the one the guy I had no idea who he was. Uh, Len Trek Robinson. Nope. Um, everyone else is pretty noticeable, unless you're unless you're not a jazz fan at all. Memo occur. He's kind of Wait, everyone. Memo made an All Star game. I know. Two thousand seven. Point shooting. Yeah. I didn't know he two, actually made an All Star game. Two thousand seven. Same Did as. Did we have three players in the All Star game that year? Carlos Boozer and Okurwin that year. Darren Williams didn't make it in two thousand seven. Darren Williams made it in twenty ten and twenty eleven. Okay. And then, uh, obviously, Carmelona and John Stockton were almost the entire 90s. Adrian Danley was the 80s. Makes Mark sense. Ian was 89. Makes sense. Uh, Andre Karolinko, one of my favorite players growing up. Until he got the dragon tattoo, that thing looked stupid. I was on board for the dragon tattoo. It was very on brand for a man whose name is AK-47. It does make more sense now as an adult. When he first did it, when I was like in high school, I was like, why did he do that? He's also Russian, so I don't know. It just makes it makes sense to me now. He's a giant Russian man. He has a dragon on back. It's- it makes me love dragon power on back. I would just like to say that I was trying to do a Russian accent. I, I can't do it right now. But I, Andre Kirilenko, Jeff, I know you love him. He has two of the worst NBA haircuts of all time. Oh, absolutely. But he's like Rudy Gobert, except Russian and six foot seven. Um, no. No, he wasn't. Because first of all, I'm thinking he was six ten. Second of all, Rudy Gobert is so much more talented. Third of all. Rudy Gobert, let's be real, that man got swagger. Rudy Gobert got drip when he's on the sideline. Uh, Andre Karolinko looked very much like a giant Russian man. A giant Russian girl, actually. No. At certain points in his career. At certain points in his career, when he was like with the Timberwolves, he looked terrible. Because Minnesota. Yeah. Nobody I mean, looks good in Minnesota. Don't get me wrong, Rudy's a much better player than Andre, but let's not forget, Andre was actually pretty decent in his prime. Meh. If you made an all-star team. So. Was all right. Hey, Joe, can you do an impression of Andre Kirilenko after Baron Davis dunked on him and then flashed his stomach at him? <laughs> Good job, but why he shot tummy? <laughs> I don't understand. Is that uh, is that American thing? Is that California thing? I, I mean, it's good tummy. <laughs> you know the movie A Girl with a Dragon Tattoo? 
They should make a movie called A Guy with a Dragon Tattoo that's just starring Andre Karolinko. I definitely don't think you understand what that movie is about. Oh, absolutely not. I've never seen it. Not yep. not at all. No. We're just going to transition away from that rather than explain that. Yep. Um, although, a uh, special guest is going to come by to do a movie review at the end of the podcast. Stick around. Rudy and Donnie, they finally did it. They've had some of the best, the best seasons in their career, obviously. Uh, Gobert ranks top five in field goal percentage, being first. Blocks fourth. He's second in rebounds, and he's first in screens assists. And this is an impressive one. In win shares in the entire league, he's second. Couldn't tell you who's first, but I'm guessing it's Giannis. Uh, He'd probably be the star player, the best raw, the best record in the NBA. It makes sense. Um, but Rudy's having just a great year. He's proving that he's an all-star. He's not going to be crying this year because he wasn't snubbed. He made it. And Donnie has averaging a career high of 25 points, which is 13th best in the NBA right now. Uh, but I, what I like with his game right now is that he's making really, really smart decisions when it comes down to clutch games. The Jazz have had a great season when it's looking at a lot of their, you know, last-minute winning games. And I feel like Donovan has grown up a lot in that area because last year you could look at the Rockets game, for example, where he was 4 of 22 in Game 5, just laid an egg, sadly. Uh He's come, grown up, I think playing for Team USA under Popovich was huge for his confidence, and I'm just proud to see that these guys, uh, they made it in. I mean, it's, honestly, with Rudy Gobert, I expected him to get in this year. I was looking at it, I was like, there's no way the two-time Defensive Player of the Year doesn't make it. I was pretty surprised he didn't make it last year after winning Defensive Player of the Year. So I was pretty confident he was going to make it this year. Um, He's definitely earned it because this is the best he's been. I mean, he's coming off a Defensive Player of the Year award. And he's, in my opinion, a candidate for most improved player as well. Because he's been that much better this year, in my opinion. But with Donovan, you know, his first two years in the league, he was in a tough spot where he was basically rookie year and second season, he was dependent on to be the lead scorer for a team. Yep. And that's incredibly tough, and he handled it well. There were obviously some growing pains. You mentioned that Houston game in the playoffs. That was a rough game. And now we're now it's coming to fruition. We're seeing him perform at a level that is definitely deserving of an all-star. Oh, absolutely. No, you can definitely make the comment that he's one of the future shooting guards of the NBA. We were having this conversation the other night of, you know, what's the NBA going to look like in five years? Uh, Luka and Giannis being the head of that push and Zion potentially, jaw, But – you got to start making an argument for Donovan being that guy. You know, he's he's proven it this year. There's still a lot of veterans who are, you know, in that light right now as the best in the league. But I think Donovan is playing at a, a pace where he's he's proving that he's that good. He really is. Donovan is looking like he's looking like a guy that you want to build a franchise around. And it just it makes me nervous because both of these guys are coming up for contracts. Um, that's something we can talk about more in the future, but we got to keep them. Oh no, we got to keep these two for sure. Um, that's honestly a super alarming conversation one day. But the important <laughs> thing is to enjoy them while they're here. Yeah, enjoy them while they're here. They've had a great season. Obviously, one of the best seasons to start off the year for the Jazz. They went on a in a twenty twenty one uh, game streak. They won nineteen games, which is unreal. They, before going on three because all of our opponents decided to shoot 90%. Oh, my gosh. I watched the Spurs game, the whole game. The whole Spurs game, I watched that entire game. And, oh, my gosh, they made every 
freaking shot. And it's, they were hard shots. It's hard to win when your opponent hits everything. It was just unreal. And it wasn't like threes either. They were all just like these crazy mid-range jump shots, and it was just pissing me off. I just sat there. I was like, it's not like the Jazz were playing that bad. They scored like 120 points in that game and lost. When did the Jazz score 120 points and lose? In regulation. It's been a while. Yeah. I don't know, man. But going back to Rudy as well, talk about a dude who's proving to be the best defensive guy in the league again. And he's going to keep doing this year in and year out. It'd be hard-pressed to say that he's not going to get it a third time in a row. I mean, obviously, we still have a good chunk of season to go. Getting ready to go down the stretch to where it's really going to start to be important. Um, really going to see those uh, awards finalists start to creep up. Um, right now, it's hard to say that he won't get it a third time in a row. Yeah, you can see how good he is when he's off the court. You know, when he subs out of the game to take a few-minute break. It's not that the guy's back in the but Tony Bradley's actually played decently as of recently, but there's just a huge gap with with him off the floor. And to me, I've seen that more this year because last year we had Favors, who was backing him up, and there was still a lot of consistency at the center position because of how good Favors was. But now, uh, now you can see how important he is to the team because he is the guy, the anchor, game in, game out. And I think... If we're coming in, you're talking about valuable Rudy is. I think actually losing Derek Favors has been incredibly beneficial for the Utah Jazz. Here's why. is because... That is a hot take. Yeah, I know. Oof. So it's because when you have two guys in the paint like that, it it closes driving lines for perimeter players. And also, it, it clogs it up for whoever the center is there. So... On offense, it's an incredible liability. On defense, you know, it's kind of like a cost-benefit thing. Where on defense, they were better because they had two guys that could protect the rim, box out, close out, and rebound. But on offense, it's a really big liability. And when it comes down to if you can put more balls in the basket than the other team, the offense is what takes the priority there. So Rudy Gobert has improved his offensive game a lot, I think, because he has more space to work with. And you're seeing Donovan have an even better year than he's ever had before because he has the driving links to work with and the spacing on the outside to create instant offense. So when you talk about value, Rudy Gobert is one of the most important players in the league because he can be, like, when we lose favors, we can still hold on to our defensive rating even without favors there because of how good Rudy is. And when we talk about uh, just his athleticism and his defensive ability, if you rewind, I've watched almost every Jazz game this year. Uh, last week, or a couple weeks ago, when we were playing the Pelicans, he did this crazy move that was called as a foul, but he went straight up, totally altered Brandon Ingram's shot, and because Brandon Ingram has alien-type arms, he was able to somehow scoop it in, but he barely got the bounce. It was like Rudy went straight up and then did, like, how would I say, it was like a 90-degree turn, or like motion in the air, to stay in front of Brandon Ingram getting to the basket. It was one of the most athletic, incredibly defensive plays I've ever seen. And Rudy Gobert has plays like that every night where you go, what's the bomb voyage thing? Monsieur Incredible! Yeah, exactly. I, that's my reaction to watching Rudy Gobert play every game. And I love him. I love his competitive spirit. And I think, I guys are talking about the future of the Jazz, Rudy Gobert has consistently prioritized winning a championship, and so is Donovan. So I think... I'm going to trust them right now, even in this age of player empowerment, that they're going to make the decision that's going to bring an NBA Finals Larry O'Brien trophy to Utah. 
I do as well. Um, obviously, that's in a very, very, very competitive West. But the way the Jazz are looking is that they're building a team that's, one, motivated. Two, we have one of the best coaches in the league, uh, Quinn Snyder. Uh, in fact, uh, Rudy Gobert made a lot of comments about Coach Snyder and how important Coach Snyder was to him. Uh, some of the comments Rudy made after getting called as an all-star um, is that I don't think I would be here without Quinn. He's a big part of who I am as a player and a person. And Snyder also has been just as important to Donovan Mitchell's career. It's really funny that a lot of the transition from when we lost Hayward and to then getting these guys, something about Quinn Snyder coming into this after Ty Corbin getting released has made it all work so well. It makes me wonder if these guys would be as relevant if it wasn't for Quinn Snyder. So because of that, not only do we have the guys who want to win a championship, but we have guys who are willing to follow a great coach in Quinn Snyder and go off of his expertise into the future. I don't think the Jazz are going to be able to top it this year. The West is just way too hard for them to get out of. But keep believing, I do think one day it will come. The 2020-2021 season is going to be even tougher as far as the West because the Golden State Warriors will probably be back to full strength. Um, I'm really hopeful that we can make it happen this year because I see this year as maybe our best chance since Stockton and Malone. Probably, yeah. I mean, in over... It's been it's their best chance in over two decades. Yeah. Let's see. Do you have anything else you want to add on the Jazz? All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a special guest joining us today. Hi, everybody. It's Patrick Mahomes. I was here earlier, and now I'm back. And so now that I won the Super Bowl, I got time to watch a whole bunch of movies that I've never seen before. And I want to share all the movies with you because you're my friends. And so this week I watched the movie Tremors. And Tremors is about big old snake thing and goes around under the desert in Nevada and eats a bunch of rednecks. And it's kind of it's kind of scary because you don't know what's under the ground because you can't see it. <laughs> and and so and so it come up it comes up out the ground and it eats a guy and it bites him but it leaves a head and his hat falls on top of his head and his son and that dude's friends come along and they think, oh he left his hat here and they pick it up and oh no it's a head. It's scary. And then um at the end of the movie they're trying to they're trying to kill the snake and they're blowing him up and then one of them is too smart he don't want to be blown up and so he run away and and kevin bacon who who was in the movie and has a delicious name um <laughs> he keep going I, I, believe, I believe in you come on do it for tremors do it for patrick and so kevin bacon he run away from the worm he's trying to save his friends he's trying to distract him and he's saying run chase me worm don't grab my friends and so the worm chasing him and then he run to a cliff, and he's thinking, oh, no, he's going to go off the cliff. And then he stopped, and the snake, it swims off the cliff and falls and explodes. And that, that's how the movie ends. And that was Tremors. And, and I'm going to rate Tremors. Um, I'm going to get that movie two cleats on the, on the Patrick Mahomes rating scale of movies. Now, Patrick, I think the audience is going to love this. Do you have a movie that you would want to do maybe for the future? Jurassic Park. I like it. I ain't never seen it before. Patrick, I hope you get time to watch movies with your your incredible girlfriend and your incredible family, and I hope that you drink all the ketchup that you desire. <laughs> Me too. All right. Well, thanks, Patrick, for coming in here. I don't know why I'm acting like he's a different person. No, you, um, you should still do that. I should still keep acting like that? Okay, yes. cool. Um, <laughs> Bye, <all> Patrick. Right. <laughs> Bye, Patrick. <laughs> and then just walking away. All right. Um, all right, everybody. Uh, that's pretty much all I got. Uh, peace out. You know what to do. Be good or be good at it, folks.
This Practice Squad podcast is brought to you by the Practice Squad. That's right, we sponsor ourselves. Check us out on Instagram at practice underscore squad underscore podcast. Our posts are great. Our hairlines are great. Our stories, you guessed it, great. Here's looking at you, LeBron, with your hair plugs. Now be good or be good at it and follow us on Instagram. Please, please do it. Just please, please follow us on Instagram. Please, squad out.